Hi, welcome to the Basement Sports and Entertainment Podcast. I am your host, Jordy Dereniak, and today we're going to have a Pac-12 football preview. So it's going to be a fun day. Last week we did the ACC, Big Ten, and Big 12, and if you did not see those, go ahead and check them out on our Twitch channel that you're obviously aware of if you're watching this right now, or on our website. They can also be found on our website. And uh, I'm just going to start with a couple quick pieces of news like usual that I found interesting. And uh, the first one I'll bring up is the Colts. They gave Darius Leonard a fat bag of money. Signed him for five years and $98.5 million, making him the highest paid linebacker of all time. And it's a well-deserved contract. He's a great player. The Colts are lucky to have him. And then the other piece of news that I like to hear was the Arizona Cardinals are going to be the first pro sports team to have a retail sports book in their stadium. And I think that is fucking great news to hear. And quite frankly, I think more places should have a sports book in them. You know, like the grocery store. Why can't I why can't I get some groceries and place bets? Come on. That should be allowed. Why not, you know? But that's just what I think. However, I'm not going to bore you anymore with the news. I'm going to get right into it, the preview. And I'm going to start by just going over the state of the Pac-12, what's going on. And, well, the Pac-12 is similar to the Big 12 in the sense that neither is as nationally relevant as they'd like to be. And by that, I mean they are not capable of winning on the big stages. And the Pac-12 has not sent a team to the college football playoff since the 2015 playoffs. So they're looking to end that drought. And quite frankly, I don't think it happens. I don't think any of these teams have... just They don't have what it takes, from whether it's their quarterback or a combination of things. It's... It's not going to be the Pac-12's year to break that streak. They're, they're just, it's just not a good conference. And, I, yeah, yeah, the Pac-12 fucking sucks. It's, it's, it's not a good conference. And Oregon is there. Oregon's probably the top contender to win this conference. And they don't even have a quarterback answer. That should be scary. Anthony Brown, whose uh, last meaningful college football came from Boston College. He transferred from there a couple years ago. He uh, Tyler Show started last year for Oregon, but he transferred to Texas Tech, which opened it up for Anthony Brown to have the job at Oregon. But can he actually give them the play at the position they need? We're going to have to see that. I mean, he's not going to be short on weapons. Micah Pittman's awesome. Johnny Johnson the third and Jalen Red will be there to help him out. And then he's got running backs like C.J. Verdell and Travis Dye. So I like that. And then he has four starters on the offensive line. All five starters on the offensive line, sorry, coming back. So that is a huge news when you have all five starters coming back. 
couple running backs and some receivers. That looks great. And they have eight on defense returning, including stud defensive end Kayvon Thibodeau, who should be a top five pick in this year's draft. And Noah Sewell, younger brother of Panay Sewell, who just went seventh overall to the Detroit Lions in this year's NFL draft. And those are two great players on that defensive side of the ball. So they have all the pieces, honestly, except for quarterback. And that's the thing, because even if Anthony Brown is good enough for them to win the uh, Pac-12, that doesn't mean that he's good enough for them to actually win in the playoff. And that is their big problem, because last time the Pac-12 had a conference member go to the playoff, they were shut out. They had their ass kicked and were embarrassed. That was Washington. They were stomped on by Alabama, no surprise. But, uh... Yeah, Oregon, I, I like those pieces like that, but I don't know I don't know that it's enough. And this isn't a team that exactly commands your respect because last season they finished four and three and they did get to play for the Pac-12 title against USC, but that was only because Washington couldn't play because they had too many players with COVID. So, I mean, there's definitely an asterisk on that uh, Pac-12 title. So, uh, yeah, there's that. And they were blown out 34-17 to in the Fiesta Bowl by Iowa State. So, it wasn't an encouraging year, really. It's just, I mean, with a full off season. They're going to get better, but again, can they get to the level of being a playoff team? They they haven't been to the playoffs since 2014, and I don't think they break their streak or the Pac-12 streak. Oregon, they're they're just not in that position, in my opinion. And it's it's they got two really tough games. First off, the they, second week of the season, they play at Ohio State, which is a huge game for them. But also, it's not one that they're likely to win. Ohio State's just been a better coached and just more talented team. I, I re- And I could honestly see that being a beatdown. It absolutely could be a beatdown. And I, I, re- I hope it's not just because I, I would like to see an, a, a, a competitive game, but also fuck Ohio State. So, but uh, I I know I'm gonna end up seeing them roll over Oregon. I know it. And then the other game that Oregon needs to worry about is at Utah. The Utes are dangerous because they return nine on defense, and at quarterback they bring in Charlie Brewer, a Baylor transfer who had nearly ten thousand yards in his career there. And then they got a couple receivers in Britton Covey and Solomon Ennis. Maybe they can make some noise. Utah is a dark horse. They really are. But I don't think they're likely to win. But they will be one of those teams that they'll be a thorn in the side of the teams that are trying to compete for it. If that makes sense. Uh, As far as the PFF ranks that Oregon's getting, as far as... They're pack in within the Pac-12. The preseason ranks within the Pac-12 by PFF. The receivers rank fifth, O-line fourth, D-line first, and secondary second. Their defense should play pretty damn good football, and their offense is again in a position where they should be able to run it pretty well. But 
what the hell's going on at quarterback? We don't know, and that's always a concern when you don't know what exactly is going on at quarterback. You can't have that. That's not how you play winning football. And as far as their play-action percentage, they were 36.8%, ranking 29th. So, hey, that's good. Screen percentage looks looks like I wrote 22.2%, 10th. And their deep percentage was 16.7%, which was tied for 65th. So, when it comes to play-action, that's pretty good. Crank it up a little bit more, but you're in a good spot. The screens they're doing good with. But the deep shots, get some more deep shots. If you have everything too close, it makes it too easy to play on short stuff in the run. You don't want that. Oh yeah, I, I hate, I hate, I hate that type of predictability. And then EPA per pass, they were zero point two seven six, which is great. They were twelfth in the country. Their EPA per run though was minus zero point one one four, ranking eighty first. And then the other thing, their pass rate was 52.5%, which ranks 69th. And that means they got to get the ball in the air more. Definitely get it in the air more. And also, again, try to push it down the field more because it, it makes it more difficult for defenses to, again, they can't sit on the run and short throws the way they can when they know you don't push the ball downfield. And... And that's those are reasons why Oregon again just will not be a major national player. Do not view them as a threat. It, they they are not deserving of it. They just aren't. And as for their main competition, Washington, Washington's got to be pretty pissed because they know they should have played for the Pac-12 title last season, and they probably would have beaten USC. So having to lose out on a Pac-12 title, likely Pac-12 title because they had COVID, that that hurts, but it fuels the hunger for them. And they they only played four games last season. They were 3-1. and one. Yeah, they, yeah, Teams did not necessarily play the same amount of time. Uh, they, as far as really any major players, they have Terrell Bynum, uh, Kate Ott, Cade Otten, and he's he's a he's a pretty good tight end, but he's he's interesting. He he had a in 2019 he had a 60.6 receiving grade by Pro Football Focus, but then in his short time last season he rebound and that was second to last in the conference that grade, and then last season he rebounded it all the way to 82.0. That was great. And so we got to see, okay, is the guy we saw in those four games who he actually is, or was that a fluke? Because if that's who he actually is, and they can have him to go with a receiver like Terrell Bynum, that, that gives them at least two solid options in the passing game. And they have a quarterback, Dylan Morris, who I think is, it's, it's again, it's one of those things, I got to see more, but there's worse situations in the Pac-12 for sure. That's the thing is I'm I'm not particularly thrilled with most of these teams QB situations. I'm really not. It's it's just not one of those conferences. And then as for big games this season, <laughs> when your toughest road game is at Michigan, I mean, 
come on, that says something. That's pretty easy right there. And then they get to host Oregon. That's their toughest game of the schedule, and it's at home. So you gotta like that if you're a Huskies fan. And then again, that road game at Michigan early in the season, it's really not an intimidating game. But it will show us where they are at, because if they can't win that game, or they struggle to win, it's just, again, going to give you a nice look at what kind of a conference the Pac-12 is this year. And then, they do return five starters in the O-line, which is obviously great news, but only five on defense, and that is likely going to hurt. If their defense is struggling... But, well, at the same time, Jimmy Lake's a good coach, and he should have their defense pretty ready, but still, at the same time, you never know. And with an offense that isn't likely to be potent, especially as the one main thing that I did notice with Dylan Morris is he's not a good downfield thrower. And, again, you, you need to be able to hit downfield throws, and if he can't do that for them, scoring the ball is going to be tough, and it's, and it's going to be... A, a hell of a lot more difficult against the better teams. As far as the PFF ranks in the conference for Washington, the receiving group ranks 6th, O-line 1st, DL 5th, and their secondary 1st. Those are good marks. Again, their defense, it's got, the defense should be good. It should, even though they only bring back the 5 starters, And that O-line, if it really can play like it's the best offensive line in the conference, maybe they can run the ball pretty well and have a good short pass game. Maybe that can be enough to get them by. Who knows? Well, in the Pac-12, that could, but if they're trying to compete more nationally, it won't. I can tell you that. And for Washington, oh, this is just fucking disgusting. Play action percentage, 32.3%, 51st in the country. Screen percentage, 7.9%, 110th in the country. Their deep percentage, 14.9%, 89th in the country. Again, disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. Why ugh, Why are you doing that? Why is your offense like that? To get, crank those screens and deep passes way up, 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 up. Those are rookie numbers, damn it. And then as far as their EPA per pass, they were 0.177, 29th in the country. Their EPA per run was 0.033, 26th in the country. But they will have new ba- new running backs this season. But again, that EPA is a lot better when they're throwing. And their pass percentage was at a measly 46.2%, ranking 109th in the country. That is absurd. It is 2021. That season was 2020, but still. If that, this day and age, that, that is inexcusable to be throwing the ball that little. It really is. That, that honestly pains me. To, that pained me when I first read it. It really did. I, 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 was, I was pissed. And then as far as the final team that I see being a viable challenger is the USC Trojans. USC's tip C is liking likes to be in this situation. It hasn't been since Pete Carroll has been since Pete Carroll left for the Seattle Seahawks job, the Trojans have not enjoyed the success they'd like. 
It's similar to Michigan. Yeah, it's similar to Michigan, I would say. It's similar to Michigan, but on the West Coast. And for USC, they're... <laughs> this is actually one of the areas where it's really similar. Is their head coach, Clay Helton, should have been fired at least one or two years ago. And But he still has a job, of course. And USC just... This just isn't a team that screams... It's the team. It's They're ready to actually make that jump. I don't see it. Keaton Slavis is a good quarterback, but I don't think... Well, I don't think he's nearly enough to just carry this team. I mean, they got, they got some potential. They returned four guys in the offensive line, and then Drake London's obviously a great receiver. And then you got Brew McCoy, who's a young former five-star I, I'm interested to see what he can do. And then Vive Malipie, I hope I said that right, probably not though, is a good running back for them. And they have seven on defense coming back. I I, I like that, but it's, it's just, it's USC. They haven't done anything to actually make you think they're ready to make a big move like this. And again, they don't have the coach. But I will say this, they do have a good schedule in their favor. They don't play Oregon or Washington from the Pac-12 North, so they won't have to play either of them until a Pac-12 title game. But they do have two games they do need to worry about, and it's a back-to-back game stretch. At They host Utah, and then they go at Notre Dame. Utah is absolutely a team that can head to their stadium head into the USC's stadium and win that game. USC needs to be very careful. Do not overlook the Utes, especially not, and that's especially a problem they could have with Notre Dame being the next week. That's a big rival of theirs. If they're if they're caught looking ahead, it, it could be ugly. And then again, having to go at Notre Dame and actually play that game, that's, that's a tough game and not one USC is likely to win. I just don't see it, at least. They're... And that's really... I mean, this really tells you enough about the Pac-12 right here. Their third-best competitors, a team that's coached, should have been fired a couple years ago. Yeah. Yeah, the Pac-12's a joke. I, I really... I really don't think this conference makes it to the college football playoff. They are not breaking that streak and as far as if I have to make my prediction on who wins this conference, something tells me Washington. I'm feeling like Washington's going to pull it out instead of Oregon. I, I feel like most people think it'll be Oregon, but something tells me it's going to be Washington. I really do think the Huskies are the better team out of the three. I, I, I mean, to me, it was a question of Washington or Oregon. USC isn't a major player, but because of how easy their schedule is and not having to play either of those big Pac-12 teams in the regular season, they have a shot to get to the big or Pac-12 title game and maybe and just have to win that one game. It's one game with already being in on the big stage. That is, it's uh, yeah, and so. That's, uh, 
Yeah, that's actually it. That's, yeah, wow. Wow, this show flew by. <laughs> I didn't think it would be that fast, but uh, thank you for listening. And on Wednesday, I will have the SEC preview. That'll wrap up the Power 5 conferences, and that'll be exciting. And um, as always, go ahead and check out our uh, website, basementsportsandentertainment.com, and is the word and spelled out, not the symbol. Um, follow us on Twitter, at BasementSAE. Uh, give us some tweets, let us know what you think of us, how we're doing, if there's anything you think we can improve, if there's anything we're doing well you like let us know and uh yeah thank you for tuning in have a great night